it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is a big episode of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A man who didn't mop the floor with Barack Obama last night. No, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott did. Don't be thick, all right? Town Hall on Fox News. Tim Scott sits down with Sean Hannity throws the challenge flag at Barack Obama's claims that we're a racist nation and black people can't get ahead, and the crowd goes wild. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. It was epic. We're going to discuss it in this hour, and then we're basically going to yell about the Durham probe. John Durham is testifying on Capitol Hill right now. We're going to give it a couple of hours uh, to transpire before Katie Pavlich comes by and wraps it up. But long story short, Durham opened by saying the Mueller probe had no basis for ever beginning because when it comes to Russian collusion... It was made up by these sick people. And that's essentially Durham's testimony. We'll recap all of it, and we'll walk in and out of so many things that are going on in politics, especially more fallout. Bill Barr, not happy with the Hunter Biden plea deal. Hunter's a dirtbag. Agree or disagree, you are all welcome on this big Wednesday episode of the show that has no rules at all. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. You could be a Republican, you could be a Democrat, you could be a Libertarian, you could be an Independent. All we ever ask is that you don't be a There it is. Happy Wednesday, everybody. A big Wednesday. Uh, I was on last night with Laura Ingram. If you missed it, it's on the Fox Across America website, foxacrossamerica.com. Tonight, I'm getting the band back together with Jesse Waters on Waters World. So if you're watching the Fail-A-Vision, check it out. And, of course, if you are around tomorrow night, you will see me on the Sean Hannity Show. And I know I am on the Sean Hannity Show uh, because I was watching this town hall last night, and I saw an advertisement with my face on it and was like, oh, yeah, I better get my life together. Because I was on the couch last night with Jenny Failey, you know, having a little wine, you know, a little dinner. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. Well, it was a great way to go through my Tuesday night. Uh, but buckle up, because it's going to be a rowdy one here on Wednesday afternoon. But yes, I will be on Hannity tomorrow night, where Tim Scott spent last night. Tim Scott had a town hall. Now, understand this about Tim Scott's candidacy. The election were held right now. If it were held right now, he has no chance. Okay, but understand... Over the course of the summer, okay, the first Republican presidential debate isn't until August 23rd. It's actually right here on the Fox News channel. Uh, But over the course of the summer, as people get to know Tim Scott, you're going to see a wave of support go his way because people who are serious about winning the election realize that Tim Scott represents the best case scenario. I'm not saying he's going to win. I'm not saying you should get behind him because I'm not an activist. I'm a talk show host. But you understand what Tim Scott is doing that is so deadly to the Democratic agenda is he's taking away the race card. Okay, so much so that they trotted out Barack Obama last week to try to make the case that America's racist and Tim Scott just doesn't get it. That was embarrassing. It was embarrassing for a multitude of levels. One, okay, Barack Obama was president. He was president twice. So this idea that they're now trotting him out to say, whoa, 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 whoa. 
Stop saying just anybody can make it in this country. That's not the case. Dude, you were president. It's the highest job in the land. That's where the ceiling is for black Americans. That's the ceiling. President in charge of the whole freaking thing. Okay, if we're an oppressive country holding back black Americans, would we put a black American in charge of the whole entire country? Okay, it looks so stupid on its face that Barack Obama has pivoted from yes, we can. That's what he ran on. Yes, we can. And now he's out there and he's the face of no, we can't. Shut up, Tim Scott, with this yes, we can. Not without the government, we can't. What are you thinking over there, man? Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. And that's the scam. They now trot out Obama because they need him to kneecap the Tim Scotts and the Nikki Haley's of the world. Because whether the, whether or not they top the Republican ticket or not, they're both probably the inside favorites to be somebody's VP. And they really take away a lane of attack from the Democrats. I, I'm not saying they won't sit out there and continue to call them racist. But it's going to look silly, especially when you got somebody like Tim Scott that's really good at staying on message. And his message is, hey, it ain't racist here. Hey, I ran for Congress against Strom Thurmond's son and wound up beating him at a time when the South was very much still in a dark place. I won by 30 points. I am the descendant of slaves. And I am now the first black American to serve in both houses of Congress, the House and the Senate. I am standing before you as a candidate for president of the United States. None of this is possible if we're being oppressed as a people. Tim Scott does a good job of telling that story. But why are the Democrats busting out Obama this early in the race to try to kneecap Tim Scott? Because they want to discredit his appeal to other black Voters. Bingo. Democrats can't win an election without getting about 85% of the black vote. It cannot be done. Okay. When you look back at 2020, okay, the reason they were able to turn this thing after everybody went to bed and we woke up and started the counting again is because of inner cities, places like Philadelphia, places like Milwaukee, places like Detroit, where they were able to swing the vote in the middle of the night, places like Atlanta. Okay, where they did get high black voter turnout and it went overwhelmingly to the Democrats. Yes, Trump got the highest level of black support for a Republican president since, I believe, 1960, if I'm correct on that. But understand, okay, Donald Trump still didn't actually walk out the door with the victory in his hand. Wrong. Okay, this time around, the Democrats are in a really tough spot because they're hemorrhaging Latino support. And they are losing black support at a pretty aggressive pace because there's enough black Republicans out there, excuse me, prominent black people out there in general, not even just Republicans. Yeah, you got the Byron Donalds of the world. You got the Tim Scotts of the world. Okay, but understand that you've got guys out there asking questions like Ice Cube would be a good example, saying what the hell has the Democratic Party ever done for the black community? You got guys like Stephen A. Smith out there. Saying Joe Biden belongs in a retirement home. Come on, man. Okay, you understand the Democrats are losing their grip on the black vote, something they always felt entitled to. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. The problem they have with Tim Scott is he brings the conversation to a place of substance. He brings the conversation to a place of, hey, what have... Democrats actually done for the black community under Barack Obama, to be clear. 
He presided over a black unemployment rate that was nearly double of what the black unemployment rate was under Donald Trump. Okay, more than double of what the black unemployment rate happens to be right now. Barack Obama, okay, presided over almost a 17% black unemployment rate. So was he actually out there uplifting the black community? The answer would be no. No, Barack Obama got elected with overwhelming support from all races, okay, but most certainly the white community, and then turned around and called all the people who voted for him racist. Do you understand what a percentage of Obama voters voted for Trump? Like half of them, half of his supporters voted for Donald Trump. And you understand they weren't like taking a prescription drug that wore off one day, like race away, where they were racist, but they were taking two pills a day and the racism went away. And then the prescription lapsed and Trump came around and they all went back to being racist. No, they were so far past race. Tim Scott speaks to that on a daily basis, and it is driving the Democrats crazy. So let me start with Obama's clip, and then I'll give you some of the Tim Scott response because I just found it so fascinating. Here's clip 10. I haven't spent a lot of time studying Tim Scott's speeches. I think there is a long history of African-American or other minority candidates within the Republican Party who will validate America and say everything's great and we can all make it. I mean, Nikki Haley, I think, has a similar mm-hmm. approach. She does, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, look at me. I'm an Asian, Asian uh, Indian-American woman. And my family came here and we worked hard. Clarence Thomas has probably gave the same speech at some point, I mm-hmm. uh, guarantee in some commencement, as did Alan Keyes, the first guy that I ran against. I mean, come on, man. What an idiot. Really think about that. Ah, who are these people coming here saying America's great and anybody can make it? You know who they are? They're people who get it. Okay, anybody can come here and anybody can make it. But do you understand? They're trotting out the yes, we can guy to tell you no, we can't. That's what's going on. Ah, Tim Scott with this optimistic vision. I'm talking about a man, Barack Obama, who was the president. He was the president twice. He served two terms. Joe Biden was the vice president. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. It happened. Obama was president. Biden was vice president. They served two terms. And now the guy who pulled that off is telling you, oh, come on with this talk about anybody being anything. Here is Tim Scott's responses. We'll start with Fox News Sunday. We'll work our way to the Hannity clips. It is clip 12. There's no higher compliment to be attacked by President Obama. When they, whenever the Democrats feel threatened, they, they pull out, drag out the former president and have him make some negative comments about someone running, hoping that their numbers go down. That's exactly what happened. That's true. That is true. Okay. And here is Tim Scott. Here's more of it. Clip 13. If anyone should be standing and shouting at the mountaintops that America is not a racist country, it should be the man that Americans supported twice for the nomination and becoming president. The evolution of America is palpable. Progress in this nation, undeniable. And what is he basically saying to Barack Obama? You are so full of sh. Think about it. A guy who was president twice. Okay is sitting here telling you it like it never happened. Now nah, we went backwards. Let me give you a little more, Tim Scott. This is great. This is clip 14. 1921, my grandfather was born here in South Carolina, Sally, South Carolina. And it was a very different South Carolina. It was a place where a black guy walking down the street would have to get off the sidewalk and let someone walk by who was white. It was such a different and challenging time. My grandfather, when my parents divorced, we moved into his house when I was seven years old. My grandfather looked at me and said, 
The weight of his words were so heavy because of all that he had experienced in his life. He said, you can be bitter or you can get better, but you can't be both. When I hear people telling me that America is a racist nation, I got to say, not my America, not our America, not the United States of America. crowd got rowdy. Almost sounded like the audience for the good old boys during the Blues Brothers towards the end there. Uh, he's telling you the truth. Okay, America is not remotely close to a racist nation. We 99% of the country is so far past race in this day and age. Okay? In fact, the 1% of the country still focused on race. Okay, for real. It's the Democrats. Okay, nobody cares. The Democrats don't believe we're racist. But they also don't believe they can get votes without telling people we are. That's the whole hook. That's the whole policy. That's the whole pitch. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. Okay. No, no, you can't close the border. That's racist. Discrimination. We should be building bridges, not walls. Forget that we voted for border wall funding twice under Bush and Obama. No more. It's racist. Bridges, not walls. All right, we got to spend money on climate change, and we need climate reparations because Mother Nature is disproportionately harming communities of color. Come on, support climate change or you're a racist. Hey, that vaccine, I know it doesn't work, but you got to get vaccinated because it's harming people of color disproportionately with COVID. Come on, get the vax or you're a racist. Defund the police or you're a racist. Hey, we want to reopen the schools. Nobody's getting an education. What are you, a racist that's going to kill people? Something about the patriarchy. Get out of here, you white supremacist. That's what they're doing. Tim Scott tells you this all the time. Here he is last night. This is such a slam dunk poster jam in Obama's face and any other Democrats still trying to lazily and shamelessly play the race card in the year 2023, a year where we have a black man running for president in the Republican Party. Okay, we have a Middle Eastern man uh, running in Vivek Ramaswamy. Okay, black Americans are represented all over the Senate and the House of Representatives. We currently have a female vice president, okay, who is so dumb she studied for a COVID test but was still able to get the gig and serve on the ticket despite the fact that she was black because it wasn't a handicap in the year 2023. You want to know why? Because nobody cares. Oh, wow. Here's Tim Scott summing it up just perfectly, clip 15. The left weaponizes race. Whenever they're losing an argument, that does my grandfather a disjustice, an injustice. It's disrespectful. The pain and the progress of this nation should be viewed as a symbol or or, or a logical understanding of what's possible in the windshield of life. Barack Obama. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Are you tired of losing political debates because your party doesn't have any good ideas? I had the same problem until I got racism, the Democrat prescription that reduces every single issue to race problems. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. Using racism can make you feel like a good person. 
even if you're patently terrible. I have some skeletons in my closet that I need to cover up so that I can get elected. And with no basis in fact, personal attacks have never been easier. Whether you're slandering an ex-president. I don't think they like me very much. Or even a dead children's author. Mom, they canceled Dr. Seuss. So don't waste your time finding solutions to real problems. Create pretend problems. It's not enough to say I'm not a racist in America. I need to be anti-racist. Warning. A percentage of Democrats who used racism experienced limited grasp of facts and were prone to blurting out racist things themselves. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Ask your government-provided doctor about racism today. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. I'm going to be talking to Katie Pavlich today, former Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich, also going to weigh in on the Hunter Biden plea deal. That's not right. It is not right. I mean, you talk about a two-tier justice system, but just getting past that, you talk about the hypocrisy of the whole thing. Okay, every Democrat in this country, whenever there's a shooting— Whenever there's a high-profile crime, what's the first thing they do? They get in front of a microphone and they start yelling about passing more gun laws. Correct the mundo. Okay, but here we are with them negotiating a plea deal for the president's son that completely goes against the grain and the traditional sentencing guidelines of every single gun law. I think he's got a point. Okay, if you're yeah, the, if you know what the point is? Democrats are full of <laughs> That's the point. Yeah, we need more gun laws, you know, because uh, if anyone else breaks them, we want to throw them in jail. But if we break them, if we break them, the number you have reached is not in service. What do they also tell you? Oh, the rich got to pay their fair share. Tax the rich. Biden will tell you that all the time. Get more money from the rich. They just got to pay their fair share. Okay, his dirtbag kid just made a million and a half bucks. Last I checked, it's semi-affluent. I'm not going to lie. You can do a lot with a million and a half bucks. Certainly a lot more than I'm doing. Uh, But the point is, okay, the guy didn't pay his taxes. Are the Democrats screaming and yelling about getting the fair share from that guy? The answer would be no. Are they going after his income to determine what the origin source of it was? The answer would be no. Again, repeat after me. When it comes to gun laws, when it comes to taxing the rich, Democrats are full of we're going to discuss it as the show rolls on, and we're going to have a grown-up talk about the 2024 election because Donald Trump sat down last night with Brett Baer, and it got good. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. 
There it is. Fox Across America. Jimmy Fallon in the house. It's Wednesday. Country's a little bit of a mess. We're going to try to clean it up the rest of the way. Katie Pavlich is coming by. Mark Bernovich is coming by. Stick around. You can jump in. 888-788-9910. Donald Trump sat down for a two-part interview this week with our Brett Baer uh, on Special Report. Last night was the second part of that interview. Now, as a guy who consumes politics through the lens of sports, all of my focus is always on execution. Execution. How can you do this better? You know, what's the best way to get this message out? What's the best way to win? I told you two days ago, the first half of the Trump interview, he was talking heavily about the 2020 election. And, of course, a lot of Trump supporters got mad at Brett Baer online because Brett Baer was challenging Trump's claims about the election. Listen. I'm not here to debate 2020, and I don't think Trump should either. I think what Trump's supposed to do is focus on the idea battle because he is a substantively better president than Joe Biden is. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, we weren't getting trampled by China. Putin had it invaded Ukraine. The border wasn't overrun. Inflation wasn't at a 40-year high. Gas was $1.50 less a gallon. Biden is such a disaster. Okay, Biden is consequentially a really bad president. You know, the Democrats will talk about all the deliverables, all the things they got bipartisan support for. It is not an achievement to get people in Washington to spend money. Okay, the fact that he crows, oh, we got an infrastructure deal. Does it actually prioritize infrastructure? No, it redefines it. Free child care, you know, student loan forgiveness, more money for the climate change. You know, it's not infrastructure. Traditional infrastructure, roads and bridges and tunnels and airports, we're not spending money on that, okay? We're calling things infrastructure and shoehorning them under that umbrella. It's like the Inflation Reduction Act. The Inflation Reduction Act drives up inflation in the next five years, and they're hoping it will have a net neutral effect in year number six. So you understand the Inflation Reduction Act doesn't tackle inflation. What a fraud. But what does it tackle? It tackles climate change. The Democrats consider that a win. They get on, oh, look at Biden's got the biggest climate change spending bill in the history. This is a win for the American people. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Not a win. Okay, Biden's a bad president. You know, we make fun of the fact that, you know, he's tripping on stage and the elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. I don't know that anybody can. Okay, But the truth is he is a consequentially bad president for this country. The quality of life has deteriorated on every front. The only guy, the only guy who can say to you, you know, that his industry is better off now than it was when Biden got sworn in is a guy running a drug cartel. If you're a human trafficker, if you're exploiting the southern border, it's now a $9 billion industry to exploit our southern border, then, yeah, you love Biden. You know, he gets reelected. You're singing a theme song from the Jeffersons. We are moving on up, baby. But the truth is Trump oftentimes, and this is where we get into execution, Trump is a really big ego. He's a New Yorker. Okay, New Yorkers deal in theatrics. Everything's either the greatest thing in the world or the worst thing ever. People were literally weeping and and killing themselves, throwing themselves off bridges. This pizza we ate, oh, no, you had to see it. Everyone there's dead. (laughs) Or it's the opposite. Oh, it's pizza so, bro, this pizza was so good. Change your life. Trump, you know, he talks big. He's a New York, it's a New Yorker, it's a New York thing. Okay, and it comes with a lot of ego. 
And the truth is that giant ego, which has served him well in a lot of areas, is also a detriment when it comes to 2020 because he can't stop talking about it. But if he focuses on the deliverables, the fact that he's a consequentially better president than Joe Biden, the guy would have a fighting chance. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with his court case, but when it comes to Brett Baer, okay, they had another exchange yesterday, okay, that just focused on the execution of the 2020 campaign. Here is Brett Baer. Asking him first about DeSantis, the guy who's behind him in the polls, clip one. Do you see him as the biggest threat? Well, he's the number two right now, yeah. You know, at some place he could be replaced. The way he's going right now, he's dropping like a rock. He could be number three, number four, and you won't ever hear me talking about him again. I like fighting number two. <laughs> if you're in a golf match and you got one guy that's close and other guys that aren't so close, but he's not close. I'm leading him by 45 or 50 points. Now, I don't know the specific poll on that one, uh, but Trump does have a sizable advantage on DeSantis in this crowded field right now. He does. It's th- I mean, I, I would put the average somewhere around 25, 30 points. You can tell me it's 40. The point is, it's huge. Okay, on an individual basis, if the field thins out, Trump leads DeSantis in a head-to-head matchup by about four points. But in the early voting states, they're tied. Now, who knows how that's going to roll? Like I said, Tim Scott's going to continue to make headway, and Trump has a federal trial that's slated to begin August the 14th. Believe me, that can impact the electorate. I don't know that it will. But one of the things that's happening the week after Trump's federal trial is scheduled to begin is the first presidential primary debate right here on Fox News. Brett Baer will be hosting it with the great Martha McCallum. And Trump was asked last night whether or not he's going to participate in that debate. Here it is, clip two. I like the debate. I mean, I probably am here because of debates. I don't mind it at all. But when you're 40 points up... And you're running against, and even one came out today that you saw 51 points up. Why would I let Ada Hutchinson, I call him Ada because, you know, his name's Asa, but I call him Ada for whatever reason. I think he's ineffective. But why would I let him, uh, Chris Christie, who's got nothing going except I could be tougher on Trump. He's not tougher on anybody's slob. But why would I let these people take shots at me? In other words, hey, Ronald Reagan had primaries. They all had primaries. Um, I had one last time. Uh, and Biden, he's got somebody at 21 percent. I just saw a number 21 percent. JFK Robert, Jr., who's a very Kennedy. nice person. <laughs> Trump, the one thing, man, as someone who's like kind of followed presidential politics my whole life, it uh, he makes me laugh, man, when he's talking about Chris Christie. <clears throat> he's not tougher than anybody. The guy's a slob. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about this I'm trying to explain to people listening right now that might be independents or swing voters or Democrats. You might hate Trump for all I know. But there is something about his candor that people genuinely appreciate because it's very real. It's very human. You know, he might be a bazillionaire or billionaire and, you know, former president and lifelong celebrity and certainly not living the life of a common man. But there is a basic humanity to him when it comes to the way he talks that really does resonate with people. Because they're used to politicians talking like they're Mark Zuckerberg, like they've been plugged into an outlet and they're just giving you stiff animatronic talking points. So when you hear Trump like slip in, like, oh, that guy's a slob and he just keeps talking. It's just funny. There is an appeal to that, especially when you watch the people who do it the other way run the country into the ground. The buttoned up coastal elite class is what's destroying the country. They're the ones who decimated our manufacturing base. Okay, the truth is you could take the average factory worker in the Rust Belt, if we have a few of those left, and he could run the country better than any of the elites in this country can because he prioritizes the basic common sense 
laws of supply and demand, laws of want and need that govern his own household. If you run the country like it's your house, it's actually not that hard of a gig. All right, we're making this much money. All right, we owe that much money. All right, here's what we can do. Here's what we can't do. It's very common sense. Anybody could be president. That's the reason they hate Trump so much is because they had this thought monopoly for so long that said the only way you could be president is if you were one of those coastal elites and you had worked your way up through the donor class and served in the Senate or the House or with a governor and had sold out your spe- your, yourself and your platform to special interests who could now govern you while you govern the country. Okay, the reason they hate Trump in that regard is because he does upset that apple cart. Let me give you a little more, though. As Trump also said something about Fox that I'd love to speak to. This is clip three. I do say, why would I allow a hostile network, Fox? You know, pretty hostile. Why would I allow... You get a fair shake. Okay, but, I mean, this is a fair interview, but it's hostile. It's on the hostile side. I wouldn't say it's a puff piece, but that's okay. Hey, Brett, why would I allow a hostile network and then allow people that are polling at zero... They're pulling at zero, many of these guys. One of them is zero with an arrow left. Now, I think that's a mistake. In other words, a zero, that's less than zero. Christie's like at 1% or less. Uh, many of them, Nikki Haley's at 2%. So why would I allow people at 1% and 2% and 0% to be hitting me with questions all night? You know, I don't think it's fair. Okay, so he makes a point of he doesn't want to let these people back into the game. He's got a big lead. Obviously, they have a lot more to gain than he does if you're pulling at 2% and you take a shot at Trump and you get into some exchange and it goes viral, all of a sudden you might build up 10, 12 points in the polls. He's basically saying, you know, he elevates them in stature by debating them. Strategically, not wrong. Okay, where he is wrong is saying that Fox is a hostile network. But this is the thing that always needs to be cleared up. I bring this up a lot on the show. There was a perception amongst right-wing people, I certainly think Trump was one of them, during his presidency that Fox had Trump's back. That is a fact check false. No, we didn't. Okay, our job every damn day we get on the air is to have the back of the truth. So the reason you saw us every damn day presumably aligning with Trump during the Mueller probe is because the facts supported his side of the argument. Okay, if we have a political party here at Fox, for real, this comes up a lot at Q&As. They're like, who are the secret liberals and blah, blah, blah. You know, listen, anyone can be liberal here at Fox. Okay, our party is not the Republican Party. Our party is America. Freedom! We need America to thrive. Okay, most of us, I think the vast majority of us, are conservative in our views. But the truth is we need the country to thrive. And that rising tide does ultimately lift all boats. We're not like, you know— vehemently opposed to the point of war with a Democrat running the country. We'd just like to get a Democrat in there who can run it a lot better than Joe Biden does. Biden sucks. Oh, he's terrible. But the truth is, when Trump tries to frame Fox as hostile or anybody who criticizes him as a rhino, you know, because this comes up with all of his ex-employees. You know, he's fired, you know, so many guys. On one breath, he likes to tell you, yeah, I hire all the best people. And the next breath, he's like, that guy's a slob. That guy's a dirtbag. That guy's a loser. And you're like, hey, didn't you hire him? What about the whole best people thing? See, there's a real have it both ways mentality to what Trump does. But the truth is we're not hostile towards Trump. Uh, We wind up siding with him most of the time because the Democratic storylines, the Democratic attack lines when it comes to Donald Trump are always false. Okay, that's just reality. The Mueller probe was false. The Ukrainian impeachment was an exercise in projection. Trump is not a racist. 
Trump did not slander Gold Star veterans. He didn't call people on D-Day suckers and losers. That's not who he is, and that's why we wind up siding with him in those positions. The media, of course, then caricatures us as in the tank for Trump. But did you ever notice over the course of the Trump presidency and certainly the years that have ensued, Trump bashed us all the time and will continue to bash us because we don't have a blood oath to side with him. We have a blood oath to side with the truth. But there's a perception right now off of this platform like, ah, Fox is turning on Trump. It's not what's going on, man. It's just not what's it's not what's going on. I mean, if you've been watching the channel, then you've certainly heard a lot of us saying it's unprecedented that they've indicted a former president for the first time in our 246 year history. You've heard us saying this seems to be a selective persecution based on his party affiliation because other politicians mishandled classified information. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. Biden did it, too. Biden did it as well. Oh, oh, I'm in trouble. But he's not in trouble. And Biden was a senator. He didn't even have Trump's security clearance. Biden had documents from his Senate days. Biden had documents from his vice presidential days. He had them in his garage on the ground. In a crate by his Corvette? I got to be honest, didn't have Secret Service protection. Mar-a-Lago did. You know, but they tell you this isn't a double standard, you see. Biden and Hillary, they cooperated with it. Hillary destroyed 33,000 emails under the threat of subpoena. That is not cooperation, number one. But number two, the law is supposed to be the law. If you're going to sit here and tell me nobody's above the law, then you can't tell me some people aren't going to be prosecuted because they cooperated. You understand? If you murder somebody, the cops don't let you go free because you cooperated with the investigation. So don't get any ideas, Jenny. But the point is, okay, when it comes to Trump, when it comes to Fox, when it comes to coverage, what we're trying to do every day is deliver the provable truth. Okay, in the aftermath of the election, the reason you heard a lot of pushback about his stolen election claims is because none of us were on board with doing what CNN and MSNBC did for the previous four years regarding Russia. Right now, as John Durham is testifying on Capitol Hill, there are still guys like Adam Schiff on the TV trying to relitigate the Mueller probe and create the perception that there really was some type of collusion. That's clown stuff. Okay, but you understand You could tell me we voted in an unprecedented matter in 2020, okay? And you can tell me you have a hard time believing Joe Biden was the biggest vote-getter in the history of the country because, let's be clear, look at the guy. But we don't have that physical proof. So it doesn't mean we're hostile to Trump. Uh, It means we're not taking the leap of faith absent the actual proof. That doesn't mean we don't think he'd be exponentially better for the country than Biden would as a president, That doesn't mean he's not going to get a lot of favorable coverage on the network when it's warranted. But it does mean you can't just sit here and let somebody say whatever the hell you want without a little bit of pushback, because that doesn't make you a journalist. That makes you an activist. That makes you CNN. CNN is the worst. Okay, that's not what we signed up to do. So the truth is, for Trump, when we talk from a standpoint of execution, okay, when we talk about the best way back to the White House, if he's really committed to doing that, he's got to run on his record. It's not, you know— Screw Fox. It's not 2020 was stolen. Nobody cares. Okay, Joe Biden has decimated this country. Okay, the people you need to win this election, whether we're talking about swing voters, whether we're talking about the Democrats or the independents out there that could go either way, 
Okay, they're being crushed right now by a bad border policy, by a bad economy, by high rates of violent crime, by failing inner city schools. One in three kids in this country can't read at a grade level. I love the poorly educated. Okay, if you focus on those realities, this is actually a pretty winnable election for just about any Republican. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is the high flying death defiant Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the damn thing here in New York City. But Kennedy and I are heading out to Lexington, Kentucky this weekend. You can still get tickets at the Lexington Opera House to see the Laughs and Liberty Tour. She, of course, bringing you the Laughs. Liberty, my stage name for the drag show. Uh, If you want those tickets, uh, go to Ticketmaster. Go to the Lexington Opera House website. Get them there as well. Uh, We will be off to Holland, Michigan after that. We'll be at the Holland Civic Center July the 8th. My homegirl, Tudor Dixon, is going to be in the house. Her and Sarah claim they're coming. They better be there. Then July the 29th, I am at the Grand Opera House in St. Mary's, Ohio, hometown of Jenny Fela. And then August the 25th, we're off to the Green Valley Ranch in Henderson, Nevada. Be out in casino country. Uh, myself <laughs> and Kennedy. That can't be good. No, Kennedy and I do not do well in casinos. <laughs> it doesn't end good for any of us. Uh, so keep us busy. Get some tickets to the Green Valley Ranch. Let's get like a seven-hour meet and greet going so we're too occupied to wind up at the blackjack table. Because if we wind up at the blackjack table, uh, we're also going to wind up at the pawn shop and the blood bank uh, if we're going to try to make money to get back to the airport by the end of the trip. Me and me and casinos just don't get along. i got to tell you. We enjoy each other's company for a few hours, but it usually winds up with me wearing a blonde wig and powdering my Adam's apple and turning tricks for some bus fare. What the hell did you just say? I don't know, but I'll say more of it in the next hour. Uh, Mark Burnovich is coming up. He's going to weigh in on the Hunter Biden plea deal. And we're also going to talk about this Durham hearing that's going on on Capitol Hill right now. And he is not taking it. Just had some choice words for Adam Schiff of all people. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. There it is. Back in action here on Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. We're lacing him up for a track meet the rest of the way because Katie Pavlich is going to be here, Fox News and Town Hall contributor, who is actually chronicling the exploits, the goings-on on Capitol Hill right now as John Durham testifies about the origins of the Mueller probe, getting a little heated between him and Adam Schiff, who's just a total dirtbag, but we'll get into that. We're also going to talk about Hunter Biden's plea deal with Arizona Attorney General, former Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich, who makes a triumphant return to the show. 888-788-9910 if you'd like to serve at his opening act. We will kick off this hour with a gentleman whose call I had hoped to get to in the previous hour who had a theory on Donald Trump. And I love theories. I love political metaphors because I think it's a good way to simplify things so everybody can buy in. So, Kevin, batting lead off in Hampton Roads, Virginia. Yo, Kevin. 
Hey, good afternoon, Jimmy. It's an honor to be on your show. Say, I was thinking, you know, last hour I was listening to you talk about Trump and everything, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about Mike Vick when he was in the NFL. Remember that? Yep. All, all, everybody's saying, you know, Mike Vick needs to learn how to be a drop-back passer, but if I was Mike Vick's coach, I'd have two plays. One, run. Two, everybody go long. I mean, is trying to get Trump to change is like yeah. trying to get Mike Vick to be a pocket passer. You know, you, uh, Leopard ain't going to change his spots. I, well, I think we just need to let Trump be Trump uh-huh. whatever, wherever, it, wherever it leaves him. Well, I got to be honest with you. I was so intrigued by the call because I saw that you considered him the Michael Vick of politics, and I'm thankful this didn't involve a reference to raising dogs. So for that alone, Kevin, (laughs) for that alone, uh, you get a victory uh, for that alone. But no, you're right that he's not going to change what I I, I said this yesterday. I was on with Stuart Varney on his show and he was talking about the fact that Trump said, you know, he could be a little bit less combative. Uh, I don't think people want him to be less combative. But what I think he could do is I think he could pick his battles better. Meaning, like, 2020 is not a battle. Like, I think he's actually just shut up about it. He should be battling over the substance of everything else. Yes, he's being persecuted by the DOJ. I think that's absurd. And he should just be talking about the state of the country. Because, like, Biden's done such a bad job. But they get away with it when they start talking about, like, fake racism and all the other dumb stuff. And they know that. Like, the fact that they've brought Obama out already to start attacking Tim Scott tells you the Democrats know they're screwed if this doesn't become a debate over, like, fake racism or something in between. Uh, Because they've screwed up the country, you know? So your Michael Vick of politics analogy, if you're telling me, uh, you know, he should either run or go long, which is fine, okay, he should run, uh, he should go long, but they should focus on very specific parts of the field. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I remember, I think this is relevant, Mark Thiessen was on Brian Kilmeade's show, and mm-hmm. he, and he, he he's not a, a, he's kind of a mixture. He's not a huge fan of Trump. He likes certain things he did, yeah. but he's like, Trump has no discipline. And here's my interpretation of that. As a candidate, Trump has no discipline. In other words, the way politics was done kind of before Trump is they put people into a, you know, a control group, and they test certain phrases. I remember Mark, uh, Marco Vidi- uh, Rubio. I like him a lot, but mm-hmm. you know, he clearly, when he was running against Trump, he had certain phrases he tried to fit in there, and they'd ask some question, and sometimes he'd just spit out a phrase that made, was not responsive to the question at all. Mm-hmm. And so Americans, I think, uh, Mark Thiessen, what he's advocating is advocating for is the politics the way things used to be. Yeah. And to me, that's really deceitful politics. Yeah. Politicians who, you know, they get elected and then suddenly they start doing stuff like, well, they never mentioned that during their campaign. <laughs> you know? Well, listen, I mean, the reason Trump was able to get elected is because he didn't sound like everybody else. People were sick of watching the country get screwed over by people who said the right things and did the wrong ones. I mean, that's the truth. He wouldn't have been possible if the establishment in D.C. hadn't screwed up to the country to the extent that it did. So you're right. I don't expect him to change his style. Uh, I don't expect him to throw less punches. But I think in a in a perfect world, uh, he would he would sp- select his targets just a little better uh, because there's an ele- it's a winnable election. Like when you look at Biden right now, you got 70 percent of the country who doesn't even want him to run again. You know, you got 32 percent of the country who thinks he's mentally fit. Like if that guy's the nominee, pretty much any Republican can beat him. You know, you're not sp- you're not supposed to lose this one is what I'm saying. So I just I just want the team to be playing good ball, if that makes sense. And I agree with you that we can't go back to everyone talking in sound bites. Because 
because it's fake, you know, and you don't really get a true yeah. feel for who the person is. That's the one thing I like about Trump is there is a real humanity to this stuff. Whether you agree with it or you don't, it's really raw. Like you can tell when Trump starts talking, there's not a focus group involved that carefully crafted his words. You know what I'm saying? De- definitely not. And, you know, speaking of kind of like Biden and, and um, you know, what what do you remember the, the first eight months of the Trump presidency, what we spent talking about, yep. whether we should invoke the 25th Amendment because he, Trump, uh-huh. wasn't mentally competent. I mean, at <laughs> least he could put together a coherent argument. Hey, 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 all I can say to you on that one is God save the queen. All right, Kevin? Fighting <laughs> out there, talking to dead people, saving queens. No, you're right. It's a it's a it's a brilliant point, and it really does show the fraud of this whole thing. Because they were saying 25th Amendment, just the same as when Trump walked down a ramp at West Point that was wet. Uh, they were like, "Look at the small steps he's taken. This guy clearly has Alzheimer's." Biden literally gets lost leaving the stage. Assuming he stays upright, the Democrats have nothing to say. It's a fraud. So in that regard, yes, he should keep running his mouth. And uh, if I run into him later today, I will tell him you said so. Okay, brother? Hey, I appreciate that, Jimmy. Anytime. Nice to be on your show. You too, Michael Vick. Be well. (laughs) Take care, Kevin. Uh, Kevin in Hampton Roads, Virginia. Says Trump the Michael Vicks of politics. I got to be honest. That one could have went the wrong way. (coughs) So funny. Uh, Right now, we're going to pivot for a second. It's called a pivot. Okay, a little turn, you know what I'm saying? That whole thing. Okay, we're going to talk about the current president, Joe Biden, and the fact that his dirtbag son got a hell of a plea deal yesterday. Oh, man, what a plea deal that was. And understand that Hunter Biden, and this is where it is such a scam. Yesterday we had a great caller on Steve, and there's an article about Steve in the Washington, Washington Examiner today. Steve, who called into the show yesterday, is a subject of an article in the Washington Examiner today that shows the differences between Hunter Biden's sentence and what a normal civilian would get had they broken the same law as Hunter Biden. The truth is a vastly greater amount of time given to the civilian than to Hunter Biden. That's what happened, okay? But understand this. Getting past the point of the double standard on gun laws and the two-tier justice system on gun laws is the reality that Hunter Biden was found, pled guilty to tax evasion on millions of dollars in income. But no one is acknowledging or pursuing the origin source of the income. Do you understand? This is a man who doesn't have a declared business. He doesn't say, like, Hunter Biden consulting. Hunter Biden brick and patio. It's not what he's doing. Hunter Biden hauling. He's not doing that. Do you understand? He doesn't have a business, but he has millions of dollars in income coming into his family. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? I mean, they're selling interest in the government. But the truth is, despite the guilty plea for evading taxes, no one's going after the source of the money. That's where you can see the Justice Department being derelict in its duty. And what they announced yesterday is they're going to keep the investigation into Hunter Biden open. And what does that allow them to do? It allows them to blunt other investigations into Hunter Biden. Meaning the DOJ can say, well, we can't comment. It's an ongoing investigation. Ah, we can't give you that document you subpoenaed because we've got our own ongoing investigation. Do you understand? They've reached a plea deal, but the investigation remains open. That's not conventional. That's not normal. That's the Justice Department shielding for the president's son. 
But bigger than all of this, understand, is we have officially, officially acknowledged as a society with this plea deal that the Hunter Biden story about the laptop and everything else, okay, we now all collectively have to acknowledge that it's real. I know all the media outlets did after the 2020 election. They all told you it was fake and it was Russian disinformation right up until the day of the election. And then when the election was over, what did the New York Times and the Washington Post do? Go, yeah, by the way, it turns out the Hunter Biden thing was real. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. But you understand it was real. They've acknowledged that it was real. The Washington Post has, the New York Times has, okay, Hunter Biden has in multiple interviews. But here is Joe Biden in December of 2020 saying the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. Hunter Biden has now pled guilty to evading taxes for some of the income that was seen on that laptop, okay, meaning the laptop is real. But here's Joe Biden lying to the American people. This is a throwback clip. It's clip 17. Do you still think that the stories from the fall about your son Hunter were Russian disinformation and spear campaign, like you said? Yes, yes, yes. God love you, man. You, you're a one-horse pony. I promise you my Justice Department will be totally on its own making its judgments about how they should proceed. You're alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hunter Biden, Russian disinformation. God love you, man. You're a one-horse pony. That's what he said to my man Peter Ducey. Okay, but as it turns out, he was lying. Okay, understand. If he's lying about whether it's Russian disinformation, okay, he's also lying about whether or not he made money off of those deals. Are you the big man, Joe? Here's Bill Barr. Trump doesn't like Bill Barr these days. A lot of Trump supporters get mad at Bill Barr. But Bill Barr calls a very fair fight. Okay? And when it comes to the Hunter Biden laptop deal, when it comes to the Hunter Biden plea deal, he's telling you this doesn't look good. Okay? This is clip 22. Well, I think the indictment of President Trump, which is a grave, significant act, uh, really demands that uh, the department assure everybody uh, that the investigations into the Bidens uh, was thorough and that uh, the final decisions reached were reasonable. And uh, I agree with Jonathan Turley. Uh, it's not looking that good. This demands a thorough accounting. I think the public interest demands uh, that they assure people uh, of the integrity of this investigation and the fairness of the final decision. And they have a good opportunity to do that with uh, Chairman Comer's committee. So what is he saying to you there? Okay, it does not look like they thoroughly pursued all of the potential charges here, despite the fact that this was a five-year investigation. And understand, they're human shielding for the president's kid here because he was allowed to plead guilty but they're telling you the investigation is still going on. How is that even possible? Think about it, a murder trial. Guy cops a plea deal. Okay. They handcuff him, lead him out of the courtroom. Have you ever in the history of your life seen them tell the jury to stick around? The answer would be no. <laughs> no, no, we're not done here. We got more investigations going on. Potentially could be more trials. Okay, no, no. When the plea deal is entered and the criminal has been charged... OK, you then traditionally would have a trial. But in this instance, because the plea deal has been made, the trial is over. Here is Kevin McCarthy on Capitol Hill 
asking how this is even possible. It's clip 28. How can Hunter Biden plead guilty, no jail time, and the DOJ say there's still an investigation try to withhold information to the House? That's unacceptable and will not stand. Do you think that's what they're trying to do by saying it's ongoing to withhold It has to be because you cannot plead guilty, say you're not going to do jail time, and then say you can't give papers to the U.S. House representative. That's not going to stand. That's not going to work. He's listen. This is ridiculous. He's not wrong. Okay, who's ever heard of something like that? You've reached a plea deal. No more further charges can come your way. But we're just going to keep investigating for the hell of it. I mean, do you understand what's going on? They're keeping the investigation open simply because when James Comer, when Chuck Grassley, when the oversight committee goes, "Hey, we'd like this document about the Bidens." They'd be like, yeah, we'd love to, but we've got this ongoing investigation. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Here's Tim Scott talking about it last night. He spoke about it with Hannity, clip 32. The big guy has some explaining to do. We cannot be the city on the hill if we are not first a nation of law and justice. We can't be the city on the hill. We cannot fulfill our destination, our destiny. As in America, if we do not have the lady of justice wearing a blindfold, we all have to be treated equally under the eyes and the laws of our country. And when the Bidens get away with that, we need to thank God for Senator Grassley and Congressman Comer for doing their jobs. I mean, and what is he saying? He's saying we're going to keep the investigation, okay, going on our end. But the FBI is going to try and block it. James Comer talked about that yesterday. This is clip 31. We have a lot of questions for Director Ray pertaining to the Form 1023s, but we also have a lot of questions for the uh, U.S. Attorney in Delaware that you just talked to uh, Senator Cruz about. The last line in his statement today said this is an ongoing investigation. That's important because the reason the FBI won't turn over the 1023 forms, and the reason that the Treasury Cabinet won't let me uh, have those suspicious activity reports that detailed uh, the Bidens involved in money laundering schemes is because they say it's part of an ongoing investigation. This is politics as usual. That's what it is, but understand what's going on here. Okay, the party that told you, you know, the rich got to pay the fair share. It's letting this guy go with no jail time for not paying his fair share in millions of dollars. The party that tells you we need more gun laws is letting this guy go even though he violated a federal gun law, okay? Point being, if you learned one thing from the Hunter plea deal, it's that... Democrats are so full of crap. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're over here talking about stuff on Fox Across America. Byron Donald's frequent guest on this show was my opening act last night on the Ingram Angle. I was on with Laura at the end of last night's show. BD went on before me, had this to say about a two-tiered system of justice in the United States, clip 33. Everybody's looking at 
what he actually got charged with. I mean, look, $1.2 million in tax evasion and you plead to two misdemeanors? Give me a break. That's a flat-out joke. Go ask Wesley Snipes and some of the other people who had to serve jail time for tax evasion. And don't even get me started on the gun charge. Kodak Black and other people, they got sent to jail for two and three years for a similar situation. It looks like he's going to take a walk. This is the two-tier system of justice in our country, which is disgusting. And what everybody really wants in our country is just apply the law evenly. Fairness. Doesn't matter if you're Hunter Biden or if your name is Hillary Clinton. Just be consistent. This is not okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if Hillary would like that comment. But he's right, okay? And we're not getting that consistency. Okay, what we're getting, it's impossible not to feel this way, man. I'm just speaking to you objectively. Okay, the guy evaded income on $1.2 million in one year. And they're just like, yeah, come by and say I've been a bad, bad boy and we'll let you go. I mean, it's essentially what they're doing. He's got to write on the blackboard 20 times, I will remember to pay my taxes. Other people would have done years in prison. Okay, but the bigger scam here, and this is a scam, is that the investigation remains open. Okay, you understand the guy's been charged. The case is over but they're going to keep investigating just in case. That's not how the legal system is supposed to work. But in this instance, it's working that way because it gives them the ability to deny access to other documents related to the Bidens. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. We're going to discuss those people and those dirty minds with former Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich, who joins us next right here on The Big Bed, one and only Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Excited to talk to this next guest and thankful that I didn't have to track him down when I was out in Arizona last week for some help. But thankfully, uh, the Last and Liberty Tour crew behaved themselves when we were hanging out in Old Town getting rowdy. Uh, but joining us now was my emergency phone call, uh, who was a fan favorite on the show, former Arizona Attorney General, Mark Brnovich in the house. Hey, man. Jimmy. I want to apologize. I feel terrible. But as you know, I was on a family trip to Montenegro, or else I would have been there for sure. And I do owe you a round of drinks because you got me last time I was in New York. So I still owe you one. And, yes, you still have me as your emergency contact on your phone. So. <laughs> ah, well, you dodged, a, you dodged a bullet. It was rowdy. It was me, Kennedy, uh, our buddy, a uh, guy who wrestles in the WWE, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, came out. We went to STK with one of my radio, one of my writing buddies, and uh, we got pretty rowdy at that steakhouse in Old Town. It's really nice, man. I'd never been oh, there. You're killing me, Smalls. Um, <laughs> and of course, I thought you were going to come over and smoke a cigar with me, but I guess if I'm out of the country next time. Next yeah, time. really not. It wasn't really an option, Bernovich. But we did. <laughs> I'll have you know, we smoked a nice cigar in Old Town, and the gentleman was a big Fox News fan. Uh, and and uh, it was it was very much a home game for us out there. We had a good time. But yes, the next time we go back. A hundred percent. We'll get the band back together and we'll get we'll we'll shut it down. Um, Absolutely. We'll do we'll live like Hunter Biden for one night. (laughs) (laughs) Hit the bottle and go right to the rock. Right. Wouldn't. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to know, though, you could do all of that with no liability whatsoever, because it would seem it would seem uh, like the president's son got a slap on the wrist here. Although I do know from his laptop, he prefers to be slapped in other parts of the body. Yes, 
um, like, can we say buttocks on the radio? Or I guess just the other do it. Way. They don't no, kiss. You know, stop. Honestly, Jimmy, I, you know, I'm a former federal prosecutor. I was a state prosecutor before I was AG, and I looked at this. And at first, when this happened, I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know how the left is. You know how the Department of Justice is. They love to ring people up on, you know, gun crimes because they want to strictly enforce gun laws. But apparently, gun control. For when it comes to Hunter Biden, just being means being able to take a pull off that rock and uh, keep that gun in your waistband because he they're going to do nothing about that, you know. And so mm-hmm. it really is ironic that the left is always talking about strictly enforcing gun laws, but when it comes to their own, there's always a loophole or an exception. Oh, and it's a big one in this instance because not only does he lie on the application, uh, but when his woman actually took his gun, it wound up in the garbage can outside of school, which yeah, isn't ex- possible. I know. I mean, you think about that. What a scam that is. So let me ask you this, though, because this is the one thing that's kind of nagging a lot of us is if they announce that he's pled guilty, but they're going to keep the investigation open. What purpose would that serve other than, oh, I don't know, maybe obstructing other investigations? Yeah, basically, um, you know, the C block um, for future administrations or even uh, future people investigating any potential crimes related to the quote unquote big guy. What will be interesting is when the plea comes out, is there going to be anything in there about him cooperating or even testifying in other cases? Or is this in essence, will there be language in the plea where it's basically says, look, anything related to this investigation is now all dismissed because he's pleading guilty. And that essentially means they will pull the plug on anything related to it. So at that point, DOJ line-level investigators, prosecutors will be like, well, there's nothing more to investigate. And that means all the stuff related to Joe Biden will just basically be dust in the wind. Wow, what a scam. Mark Burnovich is on the line. He's quoting Kansas. You know things are getting serious. Yeah, when I don't even like Kansas. No, I mean, who do, Who could? Uh, no, they, they listen. They had a run. They made some noise. Uh, Dust in the Wind, a very poignant song. But it's a good reference in this instance because I think that's what's going on is this looks like a sacrifice fly. You know, they're basically yeah. they're going to ring up Hunter for the out and it'll allow Biden to get home safely. Um, I, it, yeah. And well, this is what I think. And, and as I and as I watch this go down, it's it's hard not to feel this way, even with like my street level of of legalese. OK, I don't have your pedigree by any stretch of the imagination. But when you see something like this happen uh, and Hunter gets a plea deal and they make this collective effort, I think what I'm watching is also a shield against the allegation that it would be a two-tier justice system if they ring up Trump on all this classified document stuff. Because they can say, hey, look, we prosecuted a Biden. Yeah, and and that's what it is. There's like this kind of way of keeping score, you know, in like the NBA when the refs make the the, – uh, makeup call on some like B-lister when you know when they've over when they've called too many fouls on the other side. This clearly is um, an attempt, I believe, by the Department of Justice to have the appearance or the patina of credibility that they're treating everyone the same. Mm-hmm. Although, as you know, what Hunter Biden did and the allegations related to Joe Biden, President Biden, and the the big guy getting money, especially from the Communist Party of China. Those are really, really serious allegations, and you can't make the same equivocation when, let's say, with Trump and the documents, because we know that Mike Pence had documents, Joe Biden had documents, every president has had documents, and in the past it was looked at the equivalent of, you know, spitting on the sidewalk, and no one really cared about it. But because they want to ring up Trump, 
they got to they got to ring up somebody on the other side who did something much more serious that may even implicate the the president. And then at the end of the day, you sit there and you say to yourself, "I'm sitting here, someone who worked at DOJ at one time." We are seeing what I call the Praetorian Guardization of the Department of Justice. And just like in ancient Rome, for the collapse of the empire, you had the Praetorian Guard, which, you know, were the, you know, part of the Roman legion that guarded the emperor, and that eventually they became so corrupt that they looked at themselves as the keepers of the emperors in Rome. And they would decide who could be the emperor and who they would undermine and who they would install as emperor. And I think we're starting to see this a little bit in the DOJ now, where they believe they know what's best. So when Hillary Clinton destroys evidence, they're like, ah, there's nothing to see here. It's not good for the country to get into that. Yeah. You know, Trump has some documents. They're going to do everything they can, including a SWAT raid, which is unprecedented, yeah. especially in a former president. Uh, uh, you have the current president's son, you know, smoking crack, um, lying on federal forms. And apparently that's worthy of only a misdemeanor. And I guarantee you, Jimmy, if you didn't pay your taxes, we saw what happened to Al Capone, right? That's yep. how they got the original big guy um, when he wouldn't pay his taxes. And so, you know, that's a serious offense. And apparently um, they are going to let him essentially get away with a slap on the wrist in order to make this all go away, to pull the plug in the Biden investigations of Joe Biden, and to make it look like there's some moral equivalence that they're treating everyone fairly, which is clearly not true. No, it is a racket. We're talking to former Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh is it is it common when someone pleads guilty for tax evasion, as he did, for them not to go and pursue the actual source origin of this income? I mean, meaning if he's, you know, if they found that he lied to them about his income and didn't pay taxes on it, wouldn't traditionally that set off red flags about what other income he might have, you know, additionally failed to report? Yeah, once again, it depends on how serious they want to be with this. This is where, like, Discretion. You know, you, do you want to believe your um, your lying eyes or what the facts of the evidence kind of show you? Mm-hmm. And the reality is, look, as federal prosecutors, there's things called um, suspicious activity reports, SARS. There's currency mm-hmm. CTRs, currency mm-hmm. transition reports. Yep. There's all these things when there's more than $10,000 being exchanged, you know, you've got to report them. Banks, financial institutions have to report them. And the reason why you do all that is because you're trying to trace the original source of the funds to make sure that it's not, you know, ill-gotten gains from, you know, drug trafficking or someone's engaged in money laundering, or God forbid, somebody's, you know, taking money from the Chinese Communist Party and they may be compromised because there's all sorts of statutes related to reporting that as well. So there's a whole hornet's nest here that you can get into once you start unwinding this. But without seeing the plea agreement, you know, we don't know if DOJ, what they had, how much they had, how strong of a case they had, and whether they just stopped at some certain point because Hunter Biden said, yeah, you know what, I did make this extra million dollars. I didn't report it these two years, so I'm now going to pay the back taxes, pay it, and you guys give me a misdemeanor slap on the wrist. And then everyone walks away saying, hey, it's all done, nothing to see here, let's move on. And then meanwhile, no one figures out, well, wait a minute, did the big guy get his bump? What happened with, um, you know, were these funds coming from the Chinese Communist Party? All the stories related to Ukraine and what Joe Biden said when he was vice president to them, was there funds then transferred from one foreign government to an individual tied to the vice president in order to influence a foreign policy decision? So those are like really, really serious life and death, people, life and death matters that 
just now maybe all swept under the rug because they want to, you know, give Hunter Biden the, the, the slap on the rear end and say nothing to see here. Let's move on. And then any time a Republican or somebody points out, even a civil libertarian, that, wait a minute, Trump's being treated to a different standard. They say, no, 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 it's not true. Because, look, look at how Hunter Biden, he pled guilty to a misdemeanor. So, I mean, I think they're really teeing this up. It's very strategic. Like I said, it's very Praetorian Guard on the part of DOJ. And I keep telling folks, you got to remember, Merrick Garland was literally measuring the drapes in his office at the U.S. Supreme Court. He is a very bitter guy when it comes to Republicans. And I think anybody that's a Republican now is not going to get the benefit of the doubt. And anybody who's connected to Joe Biden will get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to our federal justice system. God, it's not good uh, because it just seems so brazen, you know, and that's the part about this that really does bother me. But it lines up with your Praetorian Guard analogy, especially because if you look in that laptop, there's a lot of togas. <laughs> toga, toga, toga. <laughs> Road trip. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Bernovich, we're going to get the band back together soon. But, yeah, I, I did. I missed you out there. But, you know, we'll be back, man. And if you come to oh, New York, yeah. let me know. Come yeah, hang maybe out. I'll come to New York and we can hang out again. Oh, New York is lovely this time of year. The drive-bys are in bloom. The subway muckers. Everything's <laughs> everything's happening. Bring I, I can show off some of my martial arts skills. Yeah, you're going to definitely want your nunchucks yeah. if you come this time of year, man. <laughs> Holy hell. Out, right there, I can, I can, yes, they're legal, so I can bring them. Yeah, you do. Whatever you got to do. I mean, I would advise you to bring them even if they're not legal. Just take your chances with the legal system because you don't want to take them with the locals. It <laughs> is a right. mess, my man. Uh, good stuff. Hardest working man in uh, show business. You are. You've uh, inherited the mantle from James Brown, I'm telling you. <laughs> the godfather of news, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Back after right this. On, Thanks, man. I'll All see right. you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. There he goes, the great Mark Burnovich, former Arizona attorney general. Always a great hang. And what is he telling you? He's telling you there's a two-tier justice system. He's a former federal prosecutor. It's the thing about this show. It's very important if you're listening for the first time. And most of you are. Nobody listens to this crap twice. They're like, oh, God, what is this? What is, what is Fox doing here? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> really, really lost their way. I don't know who gave this guy a show. Uh, anyway, stick with me. Okay, everybody you hear on the show, I know personally. Like I've met them. I've hung out with them. I've gone to dinner. We've had a drink. I've seen them at like a D.C. cocktail party. I've gone to three of those in my life. So I hate making the reference like I'm like a player on that scene. I am one of you. And uh, when I was lucky enough to get my hands on the show, I had like a good, a pretty intense conversation with myself about like, what were you going to do with the show? What are you going to do? You know, what's the angle here? What can you offer people? What's the deliverable? People listening to your show, how can they, you know, walk away with something good to show for their time? Can you entertain them? Yeah, a little bit. You make them laugh? A little bit. You know, we, we have some funny moments on the show. We play the silly songs and the sketches and we bring my kid on to call me a fat slob from time to time. Jenny and Lincoln are co-hosting the third hour of Friday's show. It's going to be a big one. We're getting the band back together. Okay, but the bigger thing is, you know, I want you to have somebody who's bargaining with you in good faith, whether you agree with them or not. And everybody you hear on the show, and that was kind of the pledge, it, who comes on repeatedly. There's plenty of people that are on once, you'll never hear them on again. Okay, so whether they were boring or, you know, didn't think they really added much to the conversation. But a lot of the people you hear on the show repeatedly, you hear because I've met them all personally, and I now know through my own horse sense in talking to them off the air that they mean the things they're saying to you on the air. They're not coming on to be party shills. They're not coming on to just, you know, influence the way you vote or see the other political party. They're coming on to just bargain with you, level with you in good faith. And I've articulated that to them. I have said to people, to their faces, who are lawmakers and prosecutors and everything in between, please don't feel like you have to come on this show 
and take the Republican side of the issue, take the trendy political side of the argument, come on the show and just tell us what you know. We'll make our own decision. We're big boys. We're big girls. We're big theys. We're big thems. We're big. Yeah, this goes on for a long time. Can we just bring it to boys and girls so I can keep this analogy short? What the hell is the world coming to? I don't know. But the point is, everybody who comes on the show uh, is here to just give you a good faith take on what's happening. And everybody I've spoken to on the air and everybody whose sound clips you've played, you know, you've heard me playing like Byron Donald's clips earlier in the show. You've heard me play Tim Scott clips earlier in the show. Sean Hannity clips earlier in the show. Bill Barr clips earlier in the show. These are people I know off the air, like I've gotten to hang out with and spend time with them. On some cases, I know their families and their spouses and everything in between. Okay, and we have had these conversations. These are people who will come on the air and give you a good faith take. When somebody says to you that Hunter Biden is getting a deal that nobody else in the country would get, okay, they're telling you the truth. That is reality. That is the objective takeaway here. And the reason that's a liability for you, even if you're a Democrat who's rooting hard for the Bidens, is because if we've just accepted that there's going to be a two-tier justice system in this country, that means you and I are on the wrong side of it. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. You're listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the dang thing on a Wednesday. Katie Pavlich around the corner. Town Hall contributor, Fox News contributor. She is calling balls and strikes on the Durham testimony, which is going on in Washington, D.C. right now. We'll get you up to speed on that. Also continuing to monitor the story. We haven't talked a lot about it on this show because there's not a lot of good things to say. Uh, But that tourism submarine continues to go missing. Uh, It was on its way down to see the Titanic, and uh, as of now, they still don't have any signs, although we do know that the oxygen supply is dwindling. There's really not a lot you can do in this moment. It's a helpless feeling. Uh, You can only just send your best vibes and, you know, hope for the best. I don't really know what to add. Uh, This is not a very fertile ground for conversation, and I don't have a background on $250,000 tourist outings. Uh, My budget is... Slightly lower. I got to be honest. As an ex cabbie, uh, we didn't really <laughs> we, we didn't really have these options at our disposal. Uh, that being said, uh, no ill will against anyone who does, and you can only hope for the best for all of them. And if we do get another update, aside from the one the Coast Guard just gave, which is that they just continue to search, and on the plus side, if you're looking for a positive, they do cons- they do still consider this a search and rescue mission meaning there still is the belief that these people could be alive and there could be a rescue effort. That being said, if the vessel has made it as far down to the Titanic, uh, which is 12,500 feet below the surface, there's not a lot of ships in the world that can plunge to those depths. Um, Your average naval recovery submarine can only go down 2,000 feet. Uh, This is 12,500 feet below the surface, so it's a bit of an issue. But like I said, we will continue to monitor the situation and send good vibes. Why? Because positive energy attracts positive outcomes. This goes back to my days as a gambler. That's why I tell you all the time, you're in the fun business in life. Whatever your job description happens to be, 
Over the course of our lives, we hold so many jobs. I've been a telemarketer. Gosh, things you don't know, you guys. I was a cab driver for a long time. I was a telemarketer. Obviously, I do stand-up. I talk on the radio. I go on TV. Currently writing a book. I guess that would make me an author. I've been a boxing ring announcer. I've done just about every dumb job you can think of. Uh, But I can tell you, your job description is fun. You're in the fun business. No matter what the hell you happen to do for a living, you're supposed to be out there finding a way to enjoy it every day, trying to find a way to enjoy the life that comes with, you know, leading the type of gig and career that you do. Like I could say when I was a cab driver, we drove 5 a.m. to 5 p.m., six hours a day most weeks, five days if we were lucky. Uh, we had a great time. I had, a, I had the best time. It was a great job. I don't ever look back on it like, oh, gosh, that nah, was great. I mean, it would have been better if it paid a little more money. You know, when you're driving a cab, you do get paid weekly, very weekly. Ah, come on, Jimmy. What are you doing here, man? Uh, That was the worst thing I ever heard. We'll do better in the next hour. Uh, But the point is, even when we were doing financially worse, we were having a damn good time, which is what we'll also do in the next hour. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, and we are fired up, man. I say a lot. I use the phrase too much, but we are fired up in this hour of Fox Across America because Katie Pavlich, a Fox News contributor, a town hall contributor, she is coming by to call balls and strikes in regards to this Durham testimony on Capitol Hill. There's a lot going on in the world right now. Okay, we've been discussing at great length the Hunter Biden plea deal, which I got to be honest with you, if you watched it, and you saw what he pled guilty to, you couldn't help but saying to the prosecutors in this instance, you gotta do better than that. People are in jail for 10 years for some of the crimes this guy committed. Hunter Biden, as we stand here right now, is going free. That's not right. We'll get into it. Uh, we're also going to follow up on Tim Scott's big town hall last night. We'll get you up to speed on some new polling in regards to the 2024 election on the Republican side. And we will, of course, get into this Durham stuff. Fox Cross America, if you're listening for the first time, is very much the country's family meeting. Uh, And we are very much a lower middle class family. That's what we are. This is not a big box gazillion dollar entity. Uh, We might have more talent than the other shows, but they were certainly a lot more with bigger name recognition when we started. Uh, We're closing the gap a little bit. uh, But the fact remains our superpower is the fact that I am very much one of you. And I'm trying to prioritize these issues through the lens of how they affect all of us as opposed to how they influence elections and stuff like that. I don't care who's in charge of the country. I'm conservative unabashedly so. Uh, but if Democrats were running, if the Whig Party was running and the country was thriving, I'd be fine with it. Okay, unfortunately right now, the ideology gap is so vast in this country that it very much does matter who's running the country because as the Democrats continue to run it, uh, they are doing so in a direction uh, <laughs> that points towards the ground, okay? It is very much a race to the bottom, whether we're talking about the economy or the crime or the border or the education system or anything in between. America is very much right now a, you know, supposed to be the shiny city on a hill, but we are very much a fixer-upper. We are an HGTV show, like love it or list it. Uh, you know, there's a lot to love about it, but if Biden gets another term in office, it might be time to list it. Uh, so we'll continue to discuss that, the reality that we all inhabit in this moment, But we begin today at our little family meeting on Capitol Hill because John Durham is still wrapping up testimony. And uh, he had this to say out of the gate. Now, for those of you who didn't follow the Durham probe, what the Durham probe was, was the investigation into the investigation. 
Essentially, the Mueller probe happened. It was a it was a Russian collusion hoax, essentially. And this is what we now know is that in the summer of 2016, Hillary Clinton was being plagued by her private email scandal. Okay, by her private server scandal and her campaign, her campaign created a false narrative that Trump was colluding with Russia. They went and gave a report to the FBI. A man who worked for her campaign went and gave a report to the FBI and said, hey, I'm not here as a member of the Clinton campaign. I'm here as a concerned citizen. Come on, don't bullshit me. He gave a document to the FBI that claimed Trump was engaged in back-channel communication with a Russian alpha bank. Now, once it had been established that the FBI had this document in their possession, the Clinton campaign then turned around and leaked a report to the media that the FBI was investigating ties between Trump and Russia. So the whole thing was fabricated. Okay, Durham outlines that in his testimony. Now, you might say to yourself, hey, what does it matter? The Mueller probe is over. What's it to me when it comes to the 2024 election? What's it to me when it comes to my American way of life, the thing you're supposed to be prioritizing on this show? Okay, what it's to you and what it is to all of us is the fact that the Mueller probe was a coup attempt. It was a soft coup attempt. They knew there wasn't Russian collusion, but what they had hoped to do in a death by a thousand cuts scenario was get Trump to incriminate himself, to disqualify himself. By hitting him with so many anonymously sourced bombshell reports that he eventually self-destructed, fired Robert Mueller and created the perception that there was a there there. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. That's what the Mueller probe was. It wasn't designed to reach its conclusion. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. They weren't looking for collusion. That's what they were looking for, a self-destruction that would create the perception of collusion. Okay, and no other probe could have been started under these pretenses. They wouldn't have been okay with it. Okay, this entire thing was predicated on what? The Steele dossier. Here is John Durham telling you that this Steele dossier, not a single detail in it has ever been corroborated. Clip 43. The Steele dossier dossier was was entered into our congressional record. Was it true? There is not a single substantive piece of information in the dossier that has ever been corroborated by the FBI or, to my knowledge, anyone else. Did you hear that? There is not a single piece of information, substantive piece of information in the dossier that has ever been corroborated by the FBI or, to my knowledge, anyone else. Why does this matter? Do you understand what the FBI engaged in? Theoretically, should be criminal, but it's not. The Durham probe didn't you know, involve a whole bunch of, you know, indictments or anything like that. What it found is they operated within a gray area within the confines of the law. It's the FBI. They're not out there brazenly breaking the law. They're out there living between the lines in areas where they'd have plausible deniability. Well, what did you want us to do? Uh, Guy gave us a document, said Trump was colluding with Russia. So without verifying whether it was true, without verifying whether the source of it was legitimate... We just launched a big $30 million investigation. That's technically not illegal. But it is a little bit of a scam, if we're going to be honest. And that's how this thing started. Okay, here you go. Here's Durham outlining what he learned. Clip 42. Our findings were sobering. 
can tell you, having spent 40 years plus as a federal prosecutor, they are particularly sobering to me. A number of my colleagues who uh, spent decades in the FBI themselves, they are sobering. While I'm encouraged by some of the reforms that have been implemented by the FBI, the problems identified in this report, anybody who actually reads the report and the details of the report, the documented portions of the report, I think would uh, would find that um, the problems identified in the report are not susceptible to overnight fixes. As we said in the report, they cannot be addressed solely by enhancing training or additional policy requirements. Rather, what is required is accountability. So what is he basically saying to the people who ran the report? Step into my office. Why? Because you're fired. Okay, what they're doing on the Democratic side of the aisle, and you got to understand, these are people who went on TV every night. Here's Adam Schiff as one of them and said he had seen the collusion. All you have right now is a circumstantial case. Uh, actually, no, Chuck. Uh, I, I can tell you that the case is more than that, uh, and I can't go into the particulars, but there is more than circumstantial evidence now. So, um, again, I think... So you have Clapper, seen direct evidence of collusion? Uh, I don't want to go into specifics, but I will say that there is evidence that is not circumstantial uh, and, uh, and is very much worthy of investigation. He should be behind bars! Adam Schiff went on TV every night and said, oh, yeah, we've definitely seen collusion. We've seen evidence that's beyond circumstantial, worthy of investigation. But here's the truth. He hadn't. He was lying, okay? This guy's a serious ass. And they were sending out John Brennan and James Clapper night after night after night, guys who were the faces of the Intel Committee, community anyway, to tell CNN, to tell MSNBC, not all this is bad. It's collusion everywhere. I've never seen so much collusion. Guys being controlled by Russia. Think about that. The next time they tell you you're a conspiracy theorist, the Democrats for three years wanted you to believe that Russia had seized control of our government. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. But they said it straight up. No, we got collusion everywhere. Nuts. They went on TV. It's nuts. Bad. No, you don't understand. There's so much collusion. And then when they had to testify under oath, under the threat of perjury, and they were asked if they'd seen any collusion, what did they respond? Not even close. None. Zero. Why does this matter to you? Wow, it's the 2016 election. It's over. Trump won anyway. What's the matter? Okay, because it held our country hostage for three years. What you learn in the Mueller probe is what you're learning now with this classified document fiasco surrounding Trump. The establishment, the deep state, the people in Washington who control this government, the bureaucrats who are unelected, okay, they have more power than they ever had in our lifetime. And they don't want to give it up. They don't want you picking the president. Okay, we're fine. We live in a democracy. You know, it's a constitutional republic, if you can keep it, as as Ben Franklin once said. But understand this, okay? They're fine with it being such as long as you pick the right person. If you pick the wrong person... This could be a problem. Especially for them. So they have, understand, and this is what the Mueller probe tells you, about the classified documents probe, about Trump's indictment in New York on a federal crime, even though Alvin Bragg doesn't actually have the jurisdiction to do so. He's trying to throw that legal Hail Mary. 
Okay, but this is all an effort designed to destroy Trump. Now, I'm not telling you Trump didn't break any laws. He might have broke laws with those classified documents. I don't have the answer to that. I don't know. But you can, there's no objective person that can sit here and tell you after the findings of the Mueller probe that if they did this to him once, meaning they tried to destroy his presidency based on completely fabricated charges, there's no way they wouldn't do it to him a second time, a third time, a fourth time, and a fifth time. And when people start to say things like, ah, look at Trump's support. He got indicted and he's still not losing support. What's wrong with these people? It's not a commentary on those people. It's a commentary on the people targeting him. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Okay, people are not losing faith in our justice system because of Donald Trump. They're losing faith in our justice system because of our justice system. Okay, they see Hunter Biden get no jail time for crimes that put other people, mainly black people, in jail for 10 years. Okay, they're seeing Joe Biden mishandle the same classified information, albeit without the power to declassify because he was a senator and a vice president, without the security clearance Donald Trump had, they see Joe Biden mishandle documents, and he has them for decades, decades. Trump is a former president a year out of office. They raid the guy's house, a house that's surrounded by the Secret Service. So it's not like this stuff is just sitting in an unprotected garage as it was with Biden. But are they out there prosecuting Joe Biden? The answer would be no. Interesting. Hillary Clinton had 33,000 emails, classified emails, sitting on a private server. They said, hey, we got to subpoena these emails. She destroyed them instead. Is that cooperating with the feds? The answer would be no. No, it's not. But did they charge her? The answer would be no. No, they didn't. Okay, there's a very unique thing going on with Donald Trump. You don't have to like him. The lesson I'm trying to teach here, and this is important, is that we don't really pick the president. They do. They want us to pick the right person, someone who's going to start wars and spend money, go along to get along, give the lobbyists total say in our government. Okay, I'm telling you, Trump does a lot of sloppy stuff, a lot of sloppy stuff. Okay, but the truth is they hate him with all the fiber in their being because he is the biggest threat to their way of doing business. It's like a modern-day JFK. Okay, I'm not telling you they're going to kill the guy. I'm telling you they're going to kill him politically by railroading him with every avenue they can at their disposal in our legal system. Okay, we've seen the Remember, remember this. This is my favorite thing in the world, the Trump taxes. Like, ah, oh, we got the Trump taxes. You understand the Trump taxes. If we ever get those tax returns, that was, you know, the, that was the 1A to Russia being the, the one. Okay, Russia was going to take him out. Telling you this Russia thing, this guy's colluding, we got the Russia thing. Well, yeah, but he's hiding his taxes. And the reason we didn't find the Russian collusion is we don't have the taxes. But I'm telling you, we get these taxes. Oh, we're going to get the taxes. They got the taxes. It didn't go anywhere. Then they were like, wow, the Stormy Daniels thing. No, no, I'm telling you, Michael Avenatti, the Stormy Daniels thing. We get to the bottom of the Stormy Daniels. I'm telling you, this guy's toe. Didn't work. So then they were like, well, you know, January 6th, he incited a riot. He's going to jail for that. We're going to impeach him a second time. No, we're going to jail. And there was the Ukrainian impeachment. We could go on for days. I could play your Pac-Man sounds forever. Classified documents. I'm telling you, it's going down. Classified. No, it's not. Okay, it's not. That's the point. Okay, there's nothing Trump did that the other people didn't do. 
So if, in fact, he does serve jail time for this, it's already unprecedented that he's been charged. First time in a 246-year history of the country. It's not unfathomable that he won't do jail time, sadly, because they will stop at nothing. Okay, but prosecuting Donald Trump, or even convicting Donald Trump, especially on the heels of what we're learning today on Capitol Hill, isn't going to do anything to keep us safer, and it's certainly not going to do anything to restore our faith in the justice system in this country. But the other thing I can assure you is even if Trump gets off, they'll just start a whole new game. Okay, they did it with Russia. They did it with Ukraine, the Ukrainian impeachment. They did it with the January 6th thing. They did it with the tax returns. They did it with the Stormy Daniels settlement. Okay, now they're doing it with classified documents. Okay, there's no end to this because they don't want us picking the president. So even if Trump gets out of this one in one piece, they're just going to start a whole new game. A show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as, and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We continue to monitor this story surrounding the submersible that was attempting to explore the wreckage of the Titanic and sadly has gone missing. Uh, We still do not have confirmation uh, that it is found, that they are alive, that they are not alive. It's, you know, really heartbreaking stuff. And it's tough to read about, too, because if you Google the Titanic, every story that comes up is about the Biden administration. Come on, man. Man, he sucks. Uh, We're talking about the Durham probe right now because Katie Pavlich has been following it on Capitol Hill. Uh, Jim Jordan cross-examining Durham a short while ago. Here's that exchange, clip 47. Did Director Comey share that memorandum with the FISA court? I'm I'm sorry, can you? Did he share that memorandum with the FISA court? Did Director Comey do that? I'm not aware of that if he did. Did he share it with the, with the lawyers preparing the FISA application? Not to my knowledge. Did he share it with the agents on the case working the Crossfire Hurricane case? No. Didn't share it with the agents on the case. Can you tell the committee what happened when you took that referral memo and shared it with one of those agents, specifically Supervisory Special Agent Number 1? We interviewed the uh, first supervisor of the um, Crossfire uh, investigation, um, the operational person. Uh, we showed him the intelligence um, information. Uh, he indicated he had never seen it before. Uh, he immediately became uh, emotional, uh, got up and left the room with his lawyer, um, spent some time in the hallway, came back. Um, he was and ticked ex- off, wasn't he? Yes. He was ticked off because this is something he should have had as an agent on the case. It's important information that the director of the FBI kept from the people doing the investigation. The information was kept from him. So they gaslit the whole country and kept the information from the agents and then told us, there's a lot to see here. You got to believe it. Russians involved in the government. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. I've been bagging big game with my dad since I was 10. Here we go! 
hunting is a lifestyle, but I also appreciate the finer things in life. So taking you to the most decked out hunting lodges in America, that's where my two worlds collide. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and joining us now is the woman you heard in that clip. She is the superstar host of the new Fox Nation show, Luxury Hunting Lodges of America. Fox News contributor Katie Pavlich in the house, and the crowd goes wild. Hey, girl. Hey, Jimmy. Thank you so much. I appreciate the plug. Comes out on July 10th, which is also my birthday. Is that so true? If, you want, if everyone wants to give me a nice birthday gift, go watch Luxury Lodges on Fox Nation on on July 10th. That's a home run. No, that works. And now, you know what, by the yeah. way? I've just gotten some more insight into your commentary on Fox News Saturday night last week. So for anyone <laughs> listening, i got to tell them this. Because I didn't know this factored into your analysis. But last week, I was walking around the building with a camera crew. I was asking Fox talent whether or not we should be drinking more or less based on the news cycle we had last week. Trump getting indicted, the aliens, the AI, all that stuff. You famously were the only person in the package who said maybe drink a little bit of less because we've got like the 4th of July coming up and we've got other big events. <laughs> I now know that, but that tells me that not only do you see the 4th of July as a big drinkathon, but that tells me the Pavliches get a little rowdy on July the 10th, do they? Oh, yes. I mean, it's like the best week. It's my birthday. Mm-hmm. It's my anniversary. And oh, it's wow. my and it's and it's America's Independence Day, which is my favorite holiday. So yes. triple whammy. And also, Jimmy, I'm obviously a very responsible adult, which is why I was mm. giving that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unlike everyone else, apparently. No, just kidding. (laughs) It's summertime. People got to have a good time, you know? Everybody everybody else was just like, hit the bar. The only people who actually (laughs) issued a disclaimer, you and uh, the great Sandra Smith, but I interviewed her on set for America Reports, and she was like, well, you know, drink responsibly. She was trying to play a little defense. I mean, Hemmer practically had a toga on when I asked him. It was crazy. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, it, it proves that we work in a very healthy industry. There you go. This that's, that's a good way to this is a good way to frame it. Katie Pavlich is on the line. We're excited. Uh, did you watch as I, as according to your Twitter feed, you did a lot of this Durham testimony today? Yes, I did indeed. Watched so, most of it. Uh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, it was it was a mess, man. Basically, Durham. I'm trying I'm trying to outline this for people because I've been updating them as it's you know gone on and unfolded today on the radio. But he essentially said that this entire thing was started over nothing. Essentially, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what he said. Uh, he he also said that in the 300 page report that they put out a couple of weeks ago. And really, the point of today's hearing, of course, was to talk about the way that they treated the Trump campaign. But the broader, bigger problem is how the FISA court was abused by the FBI. And the FBI insists that they have implemented reforms and that things are different now. Um, But John Durham said today, and he said in the report, that until there is accountability for what was happening at the FBI, which was illegal and a violation of people's civil liberties, Um, and not to mention destroying people's reputations, that the FBI will not change. And as you know, and and most people listening to your show know, there was no accountability for the people at the FBI who illegally submitted information to the FISA court to get a a fake warrant um, that a FISA judge later berated the FBI for. You never hear from the FISA judges because they're basically a secret court that's supposed to deal with national security. Um, And so – you know, I'm not confident that the FBI really has changed. You know, Andrew McCabe, who was the deputy director at the time of all this abuse, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, James Comey, 
they've all gone on to be promoted in the media for their behavior and have no regrets about what happened and continue to justify what they did. Um, and so, you know, we'll just have to see if Congress can do anything in terms of funding for the FBI to try and reform the system. They obviously they can't prosecute anybody. They can refer people for prosecution to, to the Department of Justice, which we all know is not going to go anywhere yeah. under Merrick Garland. Um, so, yeah, it's a big problem. And, you know, civil liberties, as John Durham said today, uh, are under serious threat when you have FBI agents who have serious authority as federal law enforcement agents <laughs> yeah. submitting false information that they got from a Cl- the Clinton campaign yep. to a secret court to get a warrant to spy on you as an American when it most FISA is supposed to be reserved for foreign nationals. And one last thing, you know, FISA is up for renewal, mm-hmm. this part of it anyway, at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be interesting how that debate plays out because you talk to people and they say, we absolutely need it for national security purposes for terrorism. But when the government uses it for American citizens, it becomes also a, a threat, right? So they're yeah. trying to balance out how they're going to do that. Yeah, it's a racket. We're talking to the great Katie Pavlich, Fox News contributor, host the new season. I can't say it enough because I just like the sound of it. <laughs> Luxury hunting lodges of America. And you know they have bars. Do they have bars, Katie Pavlich? They, they are lots of gorgeous bars in these lodges. You know, it's a difficult job to go out and hunt for the day and then come back and have a nice cocktail. Mm. Um, but, Jimmy, in the first season, I went gator hunting, uh-huh. and I learned that to make a nice pair of boots, which I know you would appreciate, you've <laughs> got to get, like, four of those suckers. Yeah, yeah. You can't just shoot one. So it's a process, <laughs> for sure. you gotta, you got to have a big day. You know, as Hillary Clinton said, it takes a village. You know, when these people yeah. when these people see me on the village TV, of gators. yeah, it takes a village of gators <laughs> to get it done. That's what it is. Yes. I'm letting we're, we're, exactly. we're, we're letting them know too much now, Katie Pavlich. Um, well, let me ask you this. I mean, as an objective observer, when I hear that the DOJ was weaponized the way it was when it comes to the Mueller probe, doesn't that kind of undermine the credibility of what's happening to Trump now with classified documents? Absolutely. And you know, you, you look at the way that all of this happened going back to 2016, which feels like a million years ago, um, and what it snowballed into, right? Like the the false information given to the FISA court, which then got the warrant against Carter Page and George Papadopoulos, which resulted in them being berated by the FISA court, then snowballed into a special counsel investigation against President Trump during his first term, which then snowballed into the first impeachment of him due to him asking a question about accurate Biden corruption in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all the things that this one, you know, these these things that the FBI was doing and texting each other saying that Trump would never be president back then really have just gone on as for years and years. And it's just mind boggling to think about how those things can get completely out of control over the actions of a handful of people at the FBI. I mean, that's the scary thing, too, is how ingrained and embroiled the entire media landscape, the entire capital of Washington, D.C. got so caught up in this and still are. And it really does, you know, as you mentioned, question what's going on now with the classified information. Because even if, okay, say say it was true, mm-hmm. no one believes it because yep. they have no credibility, yep. right? So they've dug their own grave on that one. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. So let me let me let me turn our attention, if we could pivot for one second, because it wasn't the only going on in our legal system this week. Hunter Biden got a pretty cream puff deal uh, when it comes to his plea deal. You know, for all the talk in Washington about passing stricter gun laws, doesn't this uh-huh. kind of expose a little bit of a fraud when it comes to that? 
Well, Jimmy, I don't think you should use cream puff in the same sentence as Hunter Biden. <laughs> I've seen what's on the laptop, and I just don't need to go back to the memories of what I found there. Oh, no! <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I have, in like, I peruse whenever there's a new dump of photos. I, I have seen so many eye bleach. Yeah, no, I know. I, I said a, I have seen so much male genitalia. I feel like I'm on a women's swim team. It's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's true. Oh, it's, it's true. Um, no, but back to the gun charge. Yeah. You know, it's, it is back it's to the gun charge. I love how, like, some of these rappers who, you know, got charged yeah. with the same thing, like being on drugs but also getting guns mm-hmm. uh, are now coming out like uh, white privilege, everybody. Yeah. If you're a Biden, you don't go to jail. Um, but it, it's it's outrageous that this is an administration that continues to push for more gun laws, and yet they will not prosecute or enforce the ones that we have on the books, uh, felony violations on Hunter Biden for lying on a background check form. How often do you hear them say, we need universal background checks? Yeah. Okay, well, we have a lot of background checks, and apparently when people who are politically convenient to the president or Democrats lie about it, there's no penalty for them. Meanwhile, if you're a mom-and-pop gun shop and you screw up one you know, thing on your paperwork, mm-hmm. this administration has a no-tolerance policy about how that happened. Yeah. So you know, it just goes back to the two-tiered justice issue, and you know, not to mention that the gun was thrown in the dumpster behind yeah. the school. Yeah, how about um, that? It's just so ridiculous, you know, and it just proves to you they're interested in politics and gun confiscation, not actual gun safety. A hundred percent, you know, and and you know what drives me crazy on the tax side, uh, and I'm not a tax lawyer, but I have been audited, by the way, a couple of times and got out of it in one piece. But I got it's really funny you laugh about this, too, because everybody wonders whether or not the IRS has priorities when it comes to who they audit. But the last time I got audited, the agent actually said to me, I'm not kidding. He was very friendly. We had a very cordial exchange. I owed a few forms. I got him together. They adjusted my income. I owed them like a few hundred dollars, maybe a thousand dollars. I don't remember what it was, but it wasn't like a life changing amount of money. But he actually said to me at the end of the investigation, I think by accident, he goes, wow. He's like, you know, you're actually like the most famous person I've ever audited. Oh, my God. Which which would almost make me think he knew where I worked and maybe got an assignment. You know what I mean? I didn't say anything. I kept it cordial, you know, because I want to start off on good terms for the next audit. You know how this stuff works. But but what's but what's so but what's so fascinating is like, okay, so they get Hunter Biden on tax evasion, but they're not actually looking into the income. You know, if he lied to you about the taxes, he's probably lying to you about what he made would be my takeaway. So does this kind of give them uh, or does it read to you as an effort to just conceal the source of that income so they can move on with the story? I mean, they say the investigation is ongoing, whatever that means. I mean, Hunter Biden's lawyers say that that's not the case, that this this particular case on the tax evasion part is, is closed and the gun charge. But it's like, hello, yeah. like he wasn't paying taxes on what kind of income? Yeah. Like, where was it? Where was it coming from? What was the source of it? And how is it that now we have these bank accounts that the oversight committee is, is looking into and, and $10 million just magically shows up in Joe Biden's bank account. Yeah. And it's like, we know where the money is coming from. Why aren't these federal agents actually doing their job to further explain that? I mean, it's yeah. so ob- It's like, these things are so common sense two years ahead of time. And then in two years, they're gonna be like, Oh yeah. It turns out that all this money was coming to yeah. all these different shell companies and, Tax evasion was worse than we thought. It's like, well, I could have told you that, and I don't work for the IRS. Yeah, well, that well, that's a scam. You see, what they ultimately do, right? When they're forced, when they're forced to acknowledge the truth, is they, in some instances, will admit to getting it wrong, which I don't accept because that implies that they tried to get it right in the first place. 
It's like right. with Russian collusion. They didn't get it wrong. They knew it was wrong. They made the whole thing up and they knew it at the time. So that's the scam. The only thing I'm going to defend Biden on, okay, really quickly, is something you had mentioned about the $10 million. He actually got that money to save the queen. Oh, so will, right. will you forgive um, him if he does, in fact, save the queen with that money? Well, no, he failed because she's not alive anymore. <laughs> whoa, whoa, so. whoa, whoa. You are breaking all <laughs> kinds of news on the show today. Breaking news. There's a king now. It's Just a, saying. I mean, you book Katie Pavlich and you find stuff out. That's why it works. Who, who I know knows? Lots of very important things. Who knows what they pay me the big bucks. Thank you. Who knows what they might learn in the luxury hunting lodges of America? (laughs) My advice is get out there and give it a look. Uh, Katie Pavlich, you're the coolest. We'll do it again soon, pal. Thanks, Jimmy. Talk to you later. You're the best. There you go. The great Katie Pavlich. God love her. She's a fan favorite on this show and every show. And uh, luxury hunting lodges of America. That sounds great. Just getting off the getting off the grid, going hunting. Even just having a drink, you know they have a nice bar and a luxury hunting lounge. And I don't even need a nice bar. I just need a bar. You know, it sounds like a good time. Get a little break, get off the grid. Definitely check it out. Katie Pavlich is a great, 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 great hang uh, on the air, off the air. Uh, love her. And a uh, shout-out to her brother, Paul Pavlich, if he's listening. Paul's a home run hitter himself. Uh, but really quickly, the one takeaway, and this matters, because the Trump case— on the federal indictment as it pertains to cl- handling classified information is slated to begin on August 14th if it starts on time. The thing you have to understand is they've broken every rule to go after this guy. That was the revelation from the Durham probe. Okay, we knew that. He's just testifying as to the findings revealed in the probe. It's not really new information that we heard him say today, but it's a reality that we are yet to collectively accept. A lot of people on the left are still trying to go down with this Russia ship. Okay, there's no ship to even go down with, understand, because there wasn't any actual contact between the Trump campaign and Russia. That wasn't a thing. And we now know that the entire narrative was completely fabricated by one of Trump's political opponents in an effort to create a counter narrative to a private email server. Knowing all of that to be true, what the FBI did is they engineered an investigation, triggered a special counsel by Comey leaking classified information of his own. And ultimately hold, held the whole country hostage with no regard for the toxic effect it had on society, meaning Trump was a duly elected president. But they were perfectly happy, knowingly letting the world turn under the auspices that he had stole the election. And they didn't care that it undermined faith in the presidency. They didn't care that it kneecapped and hamstrung his ability to implement his domestic agenda and his foreign policy agenda. They wanted that to be the case. Because they couldn't deal with him being president. That's not a democracy. That's not a republic. That's the FBI and unelected bureaucrats behind the scenes calling the shot. And the point I'm trying to make is if they would do it once, they would do it again. So when you read this classified documents story and you realize what's going down in August, what you're watching is not, you know, season one of the classified documents scandal. What you're watching is season two of the Mueller probe. You're absolutely right. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience. We are in the bottom of the ninth. 
Big Bad, one and only Fox Across America, a show that will be appearing live in person this Saturday night in the Lexington Opera House in Lexington, Kentucky. If you're not in the area, don't panic. You could get there if you want to hang out. You could also go to Holland, Michigan. We're going to be at the Holland Civic Center on Saturday night, July the 8th and July the 29th. You will see me at the Grand Opera House in St. Mary's, Ohio. Another newsflash, though. In between all of that, July the 21st, I will be returning to the host chair on Fox News Saturday night. That's the 10 p.m. show I hosted this past weekend. Your radio buddy needs the ratings. You better tune in, man. We're trying to make some moves over here. I don't know that we're going to invite Lincoln back. Lincoln came on the set. (laughs) Called me fat, made fun of my outfits, the Link man. It was pretty funny. Uh, But, man, oh, boy. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. No, you can't hit your kid in this day and age which is also why none of them behave. (laughs) That's funny, but it's probably true. Uh, We were raised in a different era. I was raised in an era where your parents could hit you, other people's parents could hit you. There was a little more of a healthy respect for authority. We don't see that now. It's very much a, it's become a lawless time in our lives where everybody is so self-absorbed. I do blame the smartphone, by the way. I blame the smartphone and I blame social media because everything's been so carefully curated to make all of us the center of the universe now, that I think people lack a genuine empathy and concern for lives besides their own. I think we're living in a time where it's more important to act like you care than it is to physically care. That's what I think the issue is. I think social media is the devil. I think the smartphone has made us infinitely dumber. And no, I'm not recruiting you to join my death cult or my militia. Both of those things take a lot more energy than I have right now. (laughs) This show is over. My work is done for the day. You can recruit for this sort of thing. I'll run it for you another time. But the point is, we got to go, girlfriend. But it has been fun. Uh, We're back again tomorrow to do the damn thing yet again. Until then, you can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat, a Libertarian, an Independent. Dude, just don't be a... From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.